Hannah, come and share. Let's welcome Thank you. Hannah. <laughs> Am I on? Am I on? I'm glad I got this over my hair, actually. I'm going to be speaking about the story of the woman at the well. Please bear with me, I am a little nervous. <laughs> this encounter comes right after the story of Nicodemus, who was a high priest, and Jesus talks to him about being born again, to be born of the Spirit. And of course, that famous verse in John chapter 3, 16, which you can all recite, I'm sure, many of you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And yet Jesus did not reveal himself, did not reveal that it was he himself who was the Son. We come to the story of the woman at the well, and this is the first time that Jesus says who he is to another person, that he is the Christ. And Jesus speaks to a woman, a Samaritan. There are three questions I want to ask us today, and my prayer is just as a Samaritan woman chose to see that, see that it was Jesus, that we will too. When Jesus declares, I am he, it changes things. Do we believe that things have changed since Jesus lived on the earth? Jesus points out that worship is about the heart. How is your heart? And we all have a longing. Do we believe that only Jesus can fulfill this longing? I'm just going to read the passage. It's in John 4. And I didn't bring my glasses, so I'm going to have to squint. So as I read this, just put yourself in the situation. Can you imagine this happening? Can you picture this? Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat weary, wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, Why are you a Jew? You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replies, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, 
giving them eternal life. The same eternal life that he was talking about with Nicodemus. Please, sir, said the woman, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come back here and get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five, and you aren't married to the, one, the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Jesus has stopped because he is tired and thirsty. And a woman comes to the well in the middle of the day. I think this is quite amazing. It's quite rebellious, quite like that. It's a good rebellion. It's a good rebellion. Jesus asks for a drink. In general, rabbis, men even, didn't speak to women in public. I have read that some rabbis didn't even speak to their wives outside of the home. So not only is she a woman, she's also a Samaritan. There has been a long and difficult history filled with hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. Yet here we see Jesus is breaking barriers. He's breaking social barriers, gender barriers, and asking a Samaritan woman for help. I love seeing this through Jesus' life, not only in this instance, but through all of the stories we read. He is breaking down barriers. He sees those people who are cast aside, he sees those who, are no, who no one remembers. He sees those who are left alone, and he goes towards them. So this is why in verse 9 she says, why are you asking me for a drink? Because if it was our day and age, somebody asked you for a drink, we all pretty much talk to each other. We all have a very easy tap. But this is why he's asking her for a drink. He's breaking barriers. I also get the impression that she's trying to work Jesus out because the first few questions and answers seem like she's trying to understand who he is already. There's something about him. She's curious, yet not totally open. Can you imagine being this woman? Jesus speaking so kindly and so powerfully, breaking down her barriers, being so patient. Jesus responds, Sponsors invite conversation and reveal that change is about to happen. In verse 10 and in verse 23, he's already getting her thinking. In verse 10, he says, if only you knew. And in verse 23, by, 
but the time is coming. Indeed, it is now. He's, you can almost hear him smiling to himself. He knows what he's talking about because he knows the time is coming, the time is here now, because he's here. It's the time for new things. Can I go back to the first question? Do we believe that things have changed since Jesus lived on the earth? Do we understand that Jesus came to break down barriers, that he's a God of reconciliation and redemption? Do we know in our hearts that we are changed because of him? Just as Jesus was concerned about the Samaritan woman's heart, let's look at the next question. How is your heart? Jesus tells the woman that she's had five husbands and she says, you must be a prophet. I think she sort of tries to sidetrack him a little bit, but we'll get into that later. You must be a prophet, so tell me why it is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim that it is here on Mount Gerizim. I'll just read that bit again. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. I just need a sip of water. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus told Nicodemus in the previous chapter in John that he must be born again. He must be born of the Spirit to enjoy eternal life with him. In the same way that we are born again by the Spirit, this is how we must worship as well. It's not about where we worship. We don't need a Jerusalem. We don't need Mount Gerizim. We don't even need a church. We need our hearts to be focused on God. We need him to be the priority. We must get rid of all distractions that tempt us away. Jesus says this twice, that the Father is spirit and that what he's looking for in true worshippers is that we, we worship in spirit and in truth. I love how you can see the, the Trinity here. The Son, Jesus Christ, is talking about worship and how to worship the Father best is with the Spirit. We can only be true worshippers if we listen to the Spirit. For me, that reminds me to slow down and listen for the voice and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read from 1 Kings. This passage also reminds me a bit about when I'm out about, there's lots of things going on, and I'm wanting to get the kids' attention, and I say something to one of them, or even Simon. Um, <laughs> I say something, and it's not heard. I almost lower my voice even more so that they come towards me, so they can hear what I'm saying. In Kings 
um, 1 Kings, it talks, um, it's about Elijah. And the passage says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Sometimes we need to stop and listen for the voice. And God will whisper because he wants to draw us nearer to him. We have the freedom to worship our God anywhere. The point is our heart's motivation. How is your heart? Are you listening for the whisper? Let's just go back to verse 16. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you, are even, you aren't even married to the one you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. I just, I thought this bit was a bit funny. Um, she's just trying to divert his attention because he has called out in her what she has been struggling with. So she goes on to say, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that we worship? And kind of goes off on a little tangent. You see, the woman obviously had a longing in her heart. And for her, she thought it was a man that would answer, would be the answer. A man was going to fill this hole. You know, we all have a longing. Not for five husbands. One is enough. more than enough in a really good way (laughs) but we all have a desire in us that wants to be filled sometimes this can be an unsettling feeling of anxiety which pushes us to try and fill the void in many many different ways whatever your role parent student child spouse sibling at home at work at college This can feel like pursuing the perfect fairy tale relationship. It could be that you're trying to earn as much money as you can so that you're financially stable because then you'll feel like you're protected. It may be that you suffer with perfectionism and you always need to do everything right. It may be that you feel you're not good enough. And you need to strive, and goal-setting becomes your focus more than anything else. Do you know what? I actually believe that longing in itself is not bad. The longing we have is God-given. 
Not the striving for stuff or position or perfection or getting it right or flogging ourselves. The longing. That's the actual heart of God because it is God-given. He is the only one that can truly fill your heart and make it content and free. Do we believe this? Do we believe that Jesus is the only one that can fulfill this, this longing? Verse 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then there's that moment, hits your heart, and Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. The story shows us so powerfully that we can all be like the Samaritan woman. We all want to be noticed. We all want our questions answered, our thirst quenched, our longings filled. Our hearts are ready to worship in spirit and truth when we see that that person sitting across from us, the one who is offering living water, the one who is offering to quench our thirst, when we see that that person is Jesus and accept that he says, I am He says, I am the heart, I am the living water, I am the longing, I am he, the Messiah. We're just going to watch a short video as a, a bit of a, a time to reflect. As we go through the video, I would encourage you to, to think about the questions that that I've asked do we believe that things have changed since Jesus was on earth how is your heart do you believe that only Jesus can fulfill for those of us who are Christians let's use it as a time to refocus and find our freedom again in Christ resolve any distractions and ask for that living water if anyone is seeking answers and not yet a follower of Christ Please speak to Jesus. Please use the time to ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. And ask yourself, do I believe this? If you'd like to come and speak to me or Ashley or Mark afterwards, please do and we can pray with you. But let me just end by praying. Father God, I pray that we would hear your voice. And know that you are so willing to have us in your family. We thank you for your revelation that you are the Messiah.
you give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, would you ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan? And a woman? I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if, if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would? Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Wrong story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him, even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done.
you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me, I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. You promised. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> You forgot your um. Lord Jesus, we we thank you for your heart. We thank you for the barriers that you broke down when you were here on earth and the barriers that you continue to break down. Lord, we ask you today where we have, we have put up barriers in our own lives or even where we have dismiss, dismissed ourselves and said, I can't receive from him. I can't be forgiven, or I can't be healed, or I can't know him. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the offer of living water that you bring to us.
Thank you for the life that you offer to us. Lord, where our hearts, as we've heard, have been hard or broken, we've tried to fill them with many other things. We come today with our hearts, Lord. We bring our hearts to you. Soften us where we need softening. Heal us where we need healing. Fill us where we need filling. Lord Jesus, we we look to you. We look to you. We look to you. Just going to sing that song together. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Let's respond as we come to a finish.